Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Oh, we just thank you. Lord, that you've made us to be lights in this world, Father. Places of darkness you send us into so that we can bring the light of the word into that place. Hallelujah. What was it Jesus said to the man? He said, go and tell your friends what great things God has done for you. You know, people are moved with your story. They really are. Because you're a living example of what God can and will do in a person's life who will just give him the opportunity. You know, when people see that, they can't deny. How, how, can, hey, can, how can they deny the existence or the, or the fact that God works in somebody's life when you, you're an example right in front of them? I mean, I mean, they can't argue with that. You know, I heard it said one time, a man with an argument is no, is no match for a man with an experience. People want to argue with you all day long, but I tell you what, when you've experienced God, no argument can stand in the face of that. Hallelujah. God is so good. Hallelujah. And there are opportunities that surround us every single day. So, uh, you know, take advantage of those. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I just want to talk to you tonight about something, just to encourage you in something. Uh, just in some conversation with somebody earlier this week, I, you know, I kind of was brought back around to this topic, and and uh, if if you don't need it right now, you will need it. Okay, um, we're going to be talking about speaking your faith and not your fear. Amen. You know what we say matters. It matters. Proverbs eighteen twenty says one twenty one says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Then you go over to James and it, and it talks about how the tongue is a little member and it likens your tongue to the helm of a great ship. This little bitty round wheel will turn a massive ship in the middle of the ocean. This little old bitty thing. And our tongue is like that. This little old bitty thing has the ability to turn our life one way or the other. Life and death lie in the power of this thing here. It's a little member, but it has big consequences, big results. Sometimes we see the effects of them in the negative, but we also see the effects of them in the positive. And then we can do that with other people's lives. We have to learn to do it in our own. Amen. And it's, it's the words and just, just the fact that you speak forth words. I mean, if you look at Hebrews, Hebrews says that the worlds were framed, created by the words of God. If you go back through Genesis... God said, let there be light. There was light. God said, let there be this. And there was. God said, let there be that. And it was. He created this world with his words. Well, now the the concept here is you're going to create your world with the words that you speak. For good or not so good. And, you know, we have to be careful that we connect 
our words to a renewed mind, not to what our emotions, our circumstances, our situations, anybody else, no matter, it's connect, not connected to any of those. It's connected to a renewed mind. And a renewed, what's a renewed mind? A renewed mind is a mind that is filled with the word of God. That's what a renewed mind is. We have the power to set our lives in order, to get ourselves back in line with God. And, you know, when it comes to, to dealing with fear, and, you know, all of us are either are, are going to one time, either we already have been, we currently are, or we will face a situation at some point that fear is trying to come in. And you're going to have to learn to speak your faith and not your fears. You can't just be silent. Because in the, vo- in the void, in the absence of somebody saying something, the devil has lots to say. He doesn't leave a, a quiet space for you to just contemplate life. He will fill your mind, if you will let him, with everything that he's got to say. And we're going to have to learn to, be, to get into a place where we speak something other than what he's saying to us. It seems that fear is the first emotion that comes when we, when we suddenly find ourselves in a place where it seems like our life is out of my control. Oh my goodness, what's happened? You know, you ever had those situations? Suddenly it's a financial need that you didn't know anything about. It's a physical need you didn't know anything about. It's a job need you didn't know anything about. It's a relationship need you didn't know anything about. Suddenly your world is crumbling around you and you have no control over what's happening. Yes, you do have control over it. You do have control over it. You can choose to have control over it. You know, never let the devil back you into a corner. The only person who's going to be in the corner is him. You know, and the people who, people who say, I just don't know what to do. You have let him back you into a corner. You have let him take control of the situation. You never say, I don't know. Never. Never. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what's going on around you. I know what to do. We've been talking about rejoicing a couple of weeks ago. Well, there's one thing you know to do. Now, isn't there? You do know what to do. In every situation, you do know what to do. Because the one who has the knowledge of what you need to do is living on the inside. And he's going to tell you what to do. So I do know. I do know what to do. You know, when Jesus was in the garden, you can find this over in Matthew 26 and Mark 14. You know, he, he said... He, you know, he, was, he was bombarded with the uncertainty of what the future was. He was, he was overcoming. He sweated. He prayed. His sweat became drops of blood. But yet he said in the middle of all that turmoil that was going on in his mind, he said, nevertheless, Father, not my will but yours. Amen. See, in the midst of all that trouble, in the midst of all that uncertainty in his mind, you know, he just said, not me, Lord, you. When he was on the cross, you know, he said, my God, why have you forsaken me? He went on to say, I commend my spirit into your hands. See, he gave the problem to God. 
He gave the issue. He didn't know what was next. He was on uncharted territory. But he still, he just said, God, it's in your hands. I give myself to you. You know, sometimes that's what you, it's what you need to say. Lord, I don't know in and of myself what to do, but I'm leaving myself in your hands and you're going to help me. You're going to tell me what I need to do. You're going to take me where I need to go. You're going to tell me what I need to do. You're going to help me say what I need to say. You have to begin to do those kind of things because if you don't, fear will take over. I mean, you can't get into a nitpicky situation. And when those situations come, you can't go, why, God, why is this happening to me? Oh, how did this happen? How did I let this happen? Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You're going to have to just begin to speak the word, whatever the word says about the situation. You're going to have to, you better find yourself some scripture. You better, you got to dig into the, into that, that heart on the inside of you where God has already put his word, where you've put that word, where you've stored it up and you begin to pull some things out of there. Go over with me to John uh, chapter 11. Hallelujah. Jesus, this is where Lazarus has, has died. And Jesus comes on the scene there. In verse 39, he, you see a juxtaposition of what one person in fear says and what one person in faith says. Martha, the sister of him that was dead. This is verse 39. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to the Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been dead four days. She was speaking the situation. You know, I was listening to somebody one time and they said that it's important that you understand what there's a significance about this fact that it had been four days. Many of the Jews believed that that, uh, during the first three days, after somebody had died, that there was somehow, some way that, that hit the spirit of that person, the soul of that person, you know, hung around in just in, in, in the maybe possibility that there could be a reuniting of body, soul, and spirit again. But when four days had come, all that hope was over. And so, see, Martha was talking out of her desperation. It's been four days, Lord, there is nothing you can do. It's basically what she was saying. It's over. There's nothing you can do. Why didn't you come sooner? If he'd come one day after Lazarus died, she wouldn't have been saying that. But it's four days. And as far as they were concerned, it's, it's done. There's, just no, there's no way. And yet Jesus, in verse 40, said, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you'll just believe, you'll see the glory of God. But you and I both know that when it comes to faith, we can't just believe without saying. It matters that we connect this mouth to what we believe in our heart. With a man, with a, with a heart man believes and with a mouth confession is made. Isn't that how you got born again? It takes, it takes those two things. You need to believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth. We find that all over. Um, but First John three eight, go over there. Glory to God! Sticky pages still. Hallelujah! It says in the latter part of this verse. It says, "For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that He might destroy the works of the devil." 
I've got written here in the margin of my Bible to undo, to put out of existence, to take off the handcuffs. The amplified version of that it said where it says to destroy the works of the, of the devil, it says to undo, to loosen, and to dissolve. You need something undone? You need something loosened? You need something dissolved? Well, that was the reason Jesus came. That was his purpose, was to undo what the devil had done. Listen, you can't keep fearful thoughts from coming into your head, but you don't have to accept them. You don't have to entertain them. You don't have to take them and and just mull them over and over and over again. Dad Hagen used to say, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. Listen, we said this before. Deuteronomy 30 says, I set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Choose life. Your thoughts, your words, your mouth, they're yours. They belong to you. Nobody can make you say anything you're not willing to say. Nobody can make you do something you're not willing to do. It's your mouth. It's your thoughts. You don't have to entertain what's in your head. You can tell your mind, I am not thinking those things. What does the Philippians say? What sort of things are good? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things keeps going on the list? It says, think on these things. You're going to have to replace the thoughts that the enemy brings to you with the thoughts that are pure, good, Holy, righteous. I mean, you're going to have to take a charge over any situation. It's your choice. It's your choice. We have to unschool ourselves in just automatically saying whatever is in our head. And begin to carefully consider what comes out of this mouth. Before you say it. Boy, can you imagine how much strife would be avoided? Can you imagine the change that would be in our life if we would carefully consider something, the thought, before we act on that thought and say what's in that thought? How many marriages could have been saved? Because two people in that house, you know, chose to think about it before they said it. How many other kind of relationships are there where that would still be intact today had people chosen to not say without thinking? Matthew 6.31 says, take no thought. You can take it or you can leave it. So what are you going to do? Take it or leave it. Psalm 56, 3 says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What time those thoughts come to my mind, I will trust in the Lord and not in these circumstances. And I'm not going to say these things. You know, you can, you can say words of faith while your heart's pounding, while your palms are sweating. You know, when everything seems to be going on around you, it doesn't matter what's going on. Your mouth can still say words of faith. You have to resist fear. 
You can't let it take control of you and just blurt out all this. Is, you know, I kind of go back to, to my things I've said before about where's your butt at? You know, people will, will list, you know, something that's going on in their lives, you know, and then they put the butt in the wrong place instead of saying, this is what's going on, but I know God is doing this in me. God is working mightily in me. They say, well, I know what the word says, but, and then they start listing their situations. Well, that tells me where the fear is. That tells me where the faith is. It's in the wrong place. The word is the last. You've got to have the last word where the devil's concerned. You cannot let the enemy have the last word. I don't care what's going on. You don't let him have the last word. Now, some of us are very good at that. We just refuse to let the other person have the last word. You know, well, when the enemy is concerned, that's where you need to be. That's the kind of attitude you need to take is you will never have the last word. Why? Because God's got the last word where he's concerned. So you need to make sure you have the last word where he's concerned. His future is over already and he doesn't even realize it yet. Mm. Listen, fear is not going to rob me of my peace. It's not going to rob me of my joy. It cannot and it will not overcome what God has already said to me and about me. And see, when we get that determined, then your mouth will line up with the word instead of the fear that the enemy's trying to put on you. And he will try. I've been there. I know. You know, and it's something that's on a recurring thing. You will never get to a place in life where you don't have to deal with the decision of whether to respond to fear or not. Because he's always going to find an avenue into your life where he wants you to get into fear. He he knows you. He he knows things that, that are just your little this is this is where you're, you know, you're weaker in. And he'll attack those things. There will always be a place of fear. It amazes me, you know, people raise their kids and, and they won't do what they need to do because they're afraid they won't like them. Well, so what? I don't care if you don't like me. You know, for the, the day that your child says, I can't stand you, I hate you, or that you think you're, you better know you're doing a good job. They're not supposed to like you until they're grown, when they can appreciate what you've done for them. But too many parents live in fear of what their kids may or may not do, how they will respond or not respond, you know, and they don't do their job as a parent. You can't do that. You, what does the Bible say about raising your kids? That's what you do. So, but they won't like it. So, you didn't like it growing up either, now did you? But for those of you whose parents raised you according to what the word says, you just have to be grateful for what they did, for the stand they took. I mean, you know, draw the line in the sand. This is where it's at. You know, you have to become like God. What I say I mean and what I mean I say. Whether they think it's wonderful or whether they don't, it doesn't really matter. But in every area of our lives, we're going to be challenged all the time. Some days, it's a little thing. Some days, it's a huge thing. Some days, it's an enormous thing. But you know what? Our faith needs to come out, not our fear. Because fear tends to operate in the future. 
Okay, this has happened. Now, what's going? This, this is going to be a cascading series of events, and, and this is going to happen. And, and he'll give you all these pictures in your head about what's going to happen and how this is going to turn out. And it's just if you go with it, it will just become like a tumbleweed that goes and it 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 goes. It just mushrooms into something huge. You ever heard about making a mountain out of a molehill? See, he's got the molehill. He wants to see if you're going to make a mountain out of it. But you know what? We're not going to make a mountain out of it. Matthew 6, 31 and 34 both say again, take no thought. Don't take any thought for tomorrow. Don't ta- Today is where we're living. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. You know, I've had situations in the last few years, you know, where, where something came up and the enemy wanted to start. And I'm just going, oh, no, no, no. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this course of action to check on this particular thing and find out what's going on. But until that I find out what's going on, there's no point in me wasting my time on fear. There's no point in wasting my time wondering what if. I'm just going to be at peace. I will both lay me down and sleep, is what Psalm says. Sometimes we lay ourselves down, but we don't sleep. But, you know, according to the word, I will lay myself down and I will sleep. Psalm also says in another place that he gives his, his beloved sweet sleep. Not troubled, unrestful, tossing and turning sleep, but sweet sleep. Sweet sleep is where you wake up in the morning refreshed. You know, there's possible to do that, but you have to deal with the fear factor first. You know, you speak your word, speak your faith you spe- by speaking the word, saying what God has already said and rejoice about it. Get aggressive when it comes to talking back to the devil. You know, talking back has not been, a, has not been necessarily a grand, you know, concept in our house. We didn't allow that kind of thing. But I tell you what, if you're dealing with the devil, you better be talking back. You, like I said before, you never let him have the last word. Never let him have the last word. If you do, you have given him a foothold. And you can't, you can't afford to do those things. You have to speak to the things that he brings to your mind. You know, there are times when he will bring something to you. And you're going, okay, is that God or is, is, is God trying to warn me of something? Is, 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 is that the devil? I, I, I just don't know. Well, yeah, you do know. If it comes with a sense of fear, it's not God. When God tells you something and he wants you to be able to look out for something, it comes with an assurance in your heart of this thing is taken care of. You believe me. The enemy comes at you with fear that says, everything is falling apart. This is going to go down south. It's going south. It's going to be gone. And you're going to be like this. And you're going to be desolated. And you're going to be this. And you're going to be that. You're going to be the other. That's not God. You know, you can tell when there's no rest on the inside of you, it's not from God. But you know what? As soon as those things come, you need to speak to it. Speak to the fear. And then then you say, now, Lord... If there's anything in this situation that I need to pray again, pray about, you let me know. I will pray. Sometimes, you know, I have, I've heard, of, I've heard people talk about certain things that, you know, that obviously God was trying to, to get through to them. I remember a lady a number of years ago, gracious, 30 years ago. I don't know how long it was. And she, and she made the statement 
after a tragedy had occurred where one of her sons was killed in a motorcycle accident, that she had had a dream like a, a week before this happened. And see, God was getting me ready for what was about to happen. And I'm thinking, no, God was trying to warn you so you could pray. You know, you have to be able to decipher, is this fear, is, is, is this picture that, that I'm getting, is this, this, this nudging I'm getting, is this, is this sense that I'm getting, is this from the Holy Spirit or is this from the devil? And when fear comes in there, you know what it is. But you know what? God's not going to show you tragedy that's going to occur without you having the ability to pray about it as well. Now, if there's something that can't be undone, he'll let you know. But you know, even in those times when something can't be stopped for one reason or another, he will fill you with a peace in the middle of it all. You see, peace has, got, has to be the place where we live. We have to live in that place. I remember years ago when Pastor was fighting cancer, we found, we found the, the strangest thing. You know, you'd get a hold of fear, you know, throughout that whole situation, and you'd be just going down the road, you know, it's just great, you know, you're, you know you got on, you're on top of it, and suddenly something would happen, we just kind of blindside you. And then we were kind of back in there going, where'd that come from? Listen, the enemy is not kind. He's not and, and he will do his very best to try to take you out any place he can. And if he can blindside you, he's going to do that. So you, you can't just be, if you're, in a, if you're in the middle of a situation, you have to be aggressively holding on to your peace and your joy. I don't know how many times I've said to somebody, listen, you've got to get your joy level built back up. You're not going to find any peace until you get your joy level back up. And sometimes they respond to that, and sometimes they don't. But again, it's not my choice. It's their choice. If you want to live in a place of fear, you can choose to do that. But realize it's up to you. You have control over whether you will live in fear or whether you're going to live in faith. And it's obvious by the way we speak. So if you're speaking your faith and not your fear, we're all going to know it. If you're speaking your faith and not your fear, it will work. If you're speaking your faith and not your fear, you will be full of peace. If you're speaking your faith and not your fear, you will be full of joy. If you're speaking your faith and not your fear, you will know exactly what to do. What I find out so many times is when, when I'm in a place of fear, when I just cannot get a hold of myself, it just seems like I, I'm, you know, I, just, I haven't made that connection yet. I can't hear God. There is no direction for me. There is no place where I can, I can, I can, I can know this is God talking to me until I get a hold of my mind. And make sure I am not saying what the devil wants me to say. You're going to cast down thoughts and cast down images. Because, you know, if you don't, your words will begin to reflect it. And your words will create a reality that does not exist. You can speak it into existence. God's, God's version or the enemy's version. Which do you want to do? We say we want God's version, but are we doing what it takes to experience God's version of the reality of our future? 
You know, and it's, people say this, and it's true, that the, the world that we live in, the, the state that our lives are in now, are a direct result of the words we've spoken in the past. When you're young, begin to speak some things over yourself. So that as you grow older, naturally, things don't begin to happen. You say, well, you know, there's a genetic predisposition in my family for heart disease. Well, when you're young, it's time for you to start saying, heart disease does not run in this family. I'm of the family of God. This is not, that is not of the family that I am in. When your children are born, it's the time for you to begin to say, my children will grow up to serve God. You don't wait until they're teenagers and they're running all over the place and you're in fear of what's going to happen to them. You begin to speak it when they're young so that when they're old, you actually see it in reality. There's so many things that we can put in, into place now in our lives for what our lives will be like years from now. And we need to be careful to do that. Begin to speak. You know, I, I have... Uh, there are... There, there, physical issues in in my family line that the enemy has come to me at times and said, watch out, when you get older, you know, that's going to happen to you. And I'm going, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. I will never be afflicted with that. Never. Never. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Go over there. Psalm 107. You need to look at this. Hallelujah, Psalm 107. Hallelujah. Verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. It is an accomplished fact already that you have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy and now what's left to you is to say so. The redeemed of the Lord have got to start saying what they've been redeemed from. Well, what have you been redeemed from? We'll go to Psalm 103. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So what have the redeemed got to say? A whole bunch. There's a whole lot for the redeemed to say. And the redeemed need to start saying it. If the redeemed are going to live in the reality of what God has done for you, you got to start talking it. you got to start speaking it. you got to say it. you got to remind the devil when he comes at you with fear that, no, I don't have to take what you're saying. You're not going to create a reality for me that doesn't exist because the word has got something else to say. The redeemed of the Lord is who's living right here. And the redeemed of the Lord doesn't put up with that nonsense. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may not feel so redeemed when you're saying it. But you are. You are as redeemed as you will ever be. The only thing that happens to us is the more we speak 
how redeemed we are, the more real it becomes to us. A greater revelation of what God has done for us begins to rise up on the inside of us and begins to take hold of us so that when fear tries to come the next time, we're that much faster, that much quicker, that much more ready for the attack so that when it comes in, he doesn't get to stay as long as he did the last time. You don't entertain him as long as you did the last time. Oh, hallelujah. Jeremiah 23, 28 in the New International Version says, Let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. Have you got the word? Well, then speak it faithfully. Faithfully. We've got to get, be careful that we get rid of this little mixture that we have. Sometimes it sounds like faith and sometimes it sounds like something else. Well, when it's the something else, it ain't faith. Yeah, but I, I, well, you know, I, I really am believing God for it. You know, da, 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 da. You, we like to excuse ourselves. Look, listen, look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, you are not in faith, but you're going to get in faith. Amen. Stop trying to con yourself. Because the devil's not fooled. He's not fooled. It's kind of like being a little pregnant. Either you are or you're not. There is no in-between. Well, today I am, but tomorrow I might not be. No, 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 no. Either you are or you're not. Because you're pregnant with one thing or the other. If you're going to stay in fear, you're pregnant with disaster. But if you're in faith, you're pregnant with victory. So what are you? Stop mixing it up. And it's got to come out of your heart, not out of your head. This is not the church of Scientology. It is not mind over matter. It is not the power of positive thinking. It is not just saying a bunch of good things and thinking good thoughts. Too many people in the church world think that just saying something good is good enough. And it's not. It's part of it. But the fact is, it's got to come out of your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You, I'm not saying that you can't communicate whatever the situation is to somebody. Do you understand? We, there's not any like confession cops around here, you know, that kind of stuff. That, you know, I can't ever say, I can't ever say anything that's bad that's going on. No, listen, it's okay to communicate to someone else what you're experiencing at the moment. But it better be followed up by some words of faith. Not, well, this is going on, but you know, it's, it's going to be okay. I'm not worried about it. That is not the word. That is not the word. That That is coming out of your head. And just mental assent will not help you. It's got to be something real that comes out. When the fear is there, there better be some real faith to back it up. There better be some real faith that gets in there and and challenges the fear and causes it to go. You need to put your foot down, just like with the the cat that comes around my house every so often. It does not belong to me and I don't like it because he gets on my car. And I'm going, scat, go. You're going to have to tell the devil to scat, go. Get out of here. Run him off. He can't stay. Don't put out the milk for the cat. Don't let him come in and just say, well, you know, you can stay a little while, honey. 
Oh, let me just, you know, you're not my cat, but I can pet you. You know, and then you can go home, back home. No, if you let him, he will make his home right there with you. He will make his home with you. You just open the door to him. Hallelujah. Don't get the idea that negative words are no big deal because they are. They are. They are a big deal. So what happens when, you know, well, I said something I should say, repent. Say, you know, I, I said the wrong thing. You know, every once in a while, I, something comes out of my mouth and I'm going, I cannot believe I just said that. I cannot believe I just said that. It's hard to get some traditional thinking out of, our, out of ourselves. And it's hard sometimes to get to the place where we do not give into our little pity party that we want to get into. And when we do that, then these negative stuff keeps kind of flowing out. You know, it's kind of dribbling out. You know, like a baby drools out the side of his mouth, you know. We're just kind of drooling out these little words and these thoughts and these things, you know. We, you know and you look at it and go, I didn't really mean to say that. Well, obviously you did because you said them. Thoughtless is what we kind of connotate that into sometimes. It's not thoughtless. Listen, you need to take thought for what you say. Carefully guard the words of our mouth. Mm. Hallelujah. Psalm 119 in uh, verse 30, it talks about I've chosen the way of faith. And in verse 112 of that same chapter, it says, I have set my heart. You know, there's something about that word, I have set. In Colossians 3, 2, it says, set your affection, which is your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things on this earth. Set, you know what set reminds me of? Reminds me of concrete. You pour the concrete, and the concrete sets. And once the concrete sets, it ain't moving no more. It becomes solid ground that you can walk on. Listen, when we set our mind on things above, then our lives are set so that we cannot be moved. They become solidly founded on that word, and we cannot be moved off. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the rivers of water, I will not be moved. Hallelujah. Isaiah 50, the 50th chapter says, The Lord will help me. I have set my face like flint. The person who sets their face, I mean, you know, that's like a, the locked jaw. I can tell around my house when my hubby has made up his mind because that jaw gets locked. You know, I can, you know, I can, I, I can see it. Listen, set your jaw. Set your face like flint. Determined, I am not going to be moved over what I believe my God for. I will not be moved over what the word says I am and what I have and what I can do. I will not be moved. Declare and enforce what belongs to you. In the face of every fear the enemy can throw at you. In the face of every view that he wants to show you. Of every picture he wants to paint for you. You look at him and go, nope, it's not mine. Not my picture. That's not my future. No way. I'm not taking that. You can take it. You can go. Hallelujah. Go with me just in, in finishing up to 2 Timothy. First chapter. 
And I know, I bet you know where I'm going. Hallelujah. Paul's talking to Timothy. In verse 5, he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned or the sincere faith that is in you, which dwelled first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in you also. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up, rekindle is what I've written in here. Rekindle the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Listen, he was saying to Timothy, don't worry, Timothy. I know there's trouble. But don't worry, I know the faith that's in you. I know the faith that's in you. I know the faith that's in you. I know the deposits of the Spirit that are in you. That have already been in you. That have been placed in you. That you have a heritage of faith given to you by your, not just you, but by your mother, by your grandmother. I know the faith that's in you. Now just take the faith that's in you and stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Listen, when the enemy comes at you with something that's fearful, stir up what's on the inside of you. The word is working on the inside of you. The anointing is working mightily in you. Stir up what's already in there. Because God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Sound. Sound, a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stir up. If you've been here any time at all, you've heard faith. Faith is there. The word of faith is on the inside of you. If he comes at you with something, plant your feet, set your face, lock your jaw, put your hands on your hip and tell him go. Stir up what's on the inside of you. Stir it up because it's there. Don't let him tell you it's not there because it is. I can't say that about everybody I come in contact with. But I know if you've been sitting here very long, there's faith on the inside of you. Stir it up. And remember, your words will bring into existence what the word says. Your words will bring it to pass. So speak your faith, not your fear. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.